0: Well, uh, good evening. Thank you all for coming back this evening. I know you had other options, and it's kind of a still a holiday weekend to some degree. and All of that, I'm glad that you chose to be here this evening. And I want to thank Mark for filling in as song leader. There's a lot of congregations that operate on the last minute. Uh, look for a song leader about five minutes before starting time, but uh, Northside very rarely has to do that. In fact, part of the problem is we pick song leaders so far in advance. uh, We plan them for a month ahead and sometimes more. uh, Very, very rarely one that's selected for a (coughs) a certain slot, something will come up and they can't be there and maybe they uh, forget to remind somebody else. So that that very rarely happens, but it happened tonight, and we appreciate Mark filling in, and I assume you enjoyed selecting your own songs to some degree, so that's good. Uh, So, what do you want me to talk about? (laughs) Nope, you've got your hand out, hopefully, and uh, we need to spend a little time on background on why we're doing this. I think we've had some folks come since the beginning of the year and may not know why we're doing some of this basic stuff. Um, Our title for the Sunday evening sermons for the year is what people want to know about the Bible. Uh, And in our first lesson we talked about what that means. Uh, It comes from the TV program, Know Your Bible, basically, and 28 years of questions. And I said, then we get all kinds of questions. We get some that have their own agenda. We've got some that are out to prove everybody else wrong. We've got some that are just old cranks. And, uh, we've got all kinds of questions that come in. But the vast majority are people that trust the Bible. Uh, they don't know anything about it particularly, but they believe it's God's Word, and they have very basic questions <clears throat> about life and living and uh, the afterlife, and they just want to know a simple answer. They don't want to have huge doctrinal presentation, and they don't want to get into the details and all that, but they've heard different things, and they just want somebody to tell them, no, here's what the Bible says. So from that concept, I thought if we'd talk about those things this week, or this year, uh, perhaps we'd be better able to deal with the folks around us. Uh, that's why most of the folks at work and school, uh, they fall into that category. They, they believe the Bible's a, a holy book of some sort, uh, they believe it's got good stuff in it, uh, they've heard conflicting things about it, and uh, they just want a simple answer, so that was what we set out to do this year, and the first thing we talked about was some rules for studying the Bible. Spent the first three weeks or so on topic one is some basic rules of studying the Bible, so we'd know a little bit more about how to do that. Then we got off on topic two and ended up there a lot longer than I thought we might. Uh, topic two was the end times and the afterlife. And we spent a number of weeks on that, and I had have had a number of comments that people uh, got something out of it, so that's that's good. Uh, the reason we took that second is because that's what people ask about a lot. They want to know, what happens when I die? Uh, What's heaven going to be like? And we get a lot of questions like that, so that's why we tackle that one and spent so much time on it. Uh, tonight we're going to begin topic three, uh, and I called it Bible basics and it's going to be real basics and it's not going to be very long we're not going to go <laughs> a quarter or so on it uh, maybe three or four weeks at the very most uh, Bible basics and what I want to address in this session uh, <clears throat> is a couple of real basic things like tonight we're going to talk about dividing the Testaments okay? understanding the difference between the old and the New Testament. Uh, I think next time we're together, we'll talk about, are there errors in the Bible? We get a lot of questions about that. The Bible full of errors, because that's what they've heard. Uh, We'll probably talk about translation some and some other things we get lots of questions about. Uh, But tonight, dividing the Testaments. And the reason I picked this for our first Bible basic is because there is a huge percentage of of the questions we get on Know Your Bible that are due to this topic, due to not understanding this topic. Uh, I've never tried to keep very good statistics or any statistics at all for that matter, but off the top of my head, uh, I would guess what comes in, uh, when well, we don't answer every question every week because a lot of them come in every week, But of what comes in, I bet a good 50% of it could be settled, could be answered, if you understood this lesson. Dividing the Testaments. We get so many questions about, uh, well, the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. And this isn't strictly a Testament question, but we, we get that. The Bible says that, so why do we have capital punishment? Uh, we get a lot of uh, the Sabbath questions. The Bible says keep the Sabbath. Uh, Bible says you can't eat pigs. Uh, can we eat pork? We got lots and lots and lots of questions, questions that come down to understanding how to divide the testaments. Uh, the other reason I picked it is, number one, it's not just A big source of questions from people that don't know, but it is a strong way, or maybe even the number one way, that skeptics attack Christianity. People that don't know the difference between the Testaments can be easily thrown off track by folks that really do know the difference, but just want (laughs) to... cause confusion. Uh, If you look on the internet at some of the wide open places where they discuss uh, topics that we've covered in uh, the last few years and all that, uh, you'll be surprised how many people will refer to the Bible and have the Old and New Testament messed up to confuse things. A perfect example is somebody will reply to some argument about gay rights or gay marriage or gay something, and they'll say, well, the Bible says it's an abomination. Okay, uh, Somebody will quote a verse from the New Testament or something. And the reply so often from the defenders of gay rights, etc., is, well, yeah, but your Bible says to stone adulterers, and it says you can't eat catfish. If it says something that stupid that you're not going to do, why would you believe this? Okay, that's a testamental problem. And skeptics, atheists, attackers of Christianity use this confusion over Old and New Testament a lot to cause confusion. So, that's why we're tackling it as number one here. Uh, A lot of people, in fact, even our uh, lessons that we send out, correspondence courses, uh, start with uh, the very first lesson is the Old Testament, the second one is the New Testament, and then the third one is rightly dividing the Word. Okay? So most people doing this lesson would call it rightly dividing the word. Uh, I don't believe that that's what Paul meant in Timothy completely. I believe it applies, and we ought to be able to rightly divide the Old and the New Testament. Uh, but Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2.15 to Timothy. He said you ought to study to show yourself approved. Uh, study the Bible and Rightly divide the word of God. And I don't think for a minute that he was telling Timothy, you got to know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, boy. Uh, He was saying, you got to use it right. And we've talked about that quite a few times when we talk about that verse and studying the Bible. Uh, Paul used a term there that tent makers understood, carpenters understood, Uh, craftsman understood, the term means cut it straight. Okay, It means use it right. If you're a carpenter and you have a tape measure and a saw and you measure a board and then saw it at the mark, use it right. You know, old old carpenters say measure twice and cut once. Uh, Use that tape measure right, then use the saw right. Do it all right and it'll come out right. Okay, tent makers understood that. They had to cut hides to fit, and they weren't all perfectly square. They were all kinds of shapes. So they had to cut two hides where they fit right together. So a tent maker wanted to cut it straight. He wanted to use his tools right. That's exactly the word Paul chose to write to Timothy and said, Study the Bible. Use it right. Rightly divided. Okay? Um now, the term applies to separating the Old and the New Testament, but I don't think that's all it means is what I'm trying to point out. <clears throat> okay, and I always start these, I think, okay, dividing the Testaments, man, we can handle that in one week. Well, we can get that all in there, and by the time I get through with my front and back page, I think, man, in no way we can get all that in in one week. So I don't think we're going to make it on this one either, but... Uh, There is one possible way we can get this done in one week, and i am going to ask you a question, and if the response is 100%, we can go on to page two. How many of you know everything there is on page one? You've been looking at it. I saw you've been reading it a little bit. How many of you got that down pat? Understand it. Pass that test. Let's go on. There ought to be a couple. There ought to be more than a couple. There ought to be quite a few, actually. Uh, but it's probably not 100% by any means. And my guess is, if I would have asked that question in, let's say, 1959, it would have been real close to 100%. Uh, we talked, used to talk about this a whole lot. About understanding the difference between the Testaments and the flow of history and the ages and uh, the dispensations and all. How how many, and I'm serious about how many of you even know what the three dispensations are? Probably about a quarter a third of you. How many of you would remember it if I went bing, bing every once in a while? Some of you get that? Jules Miller ring a bell? That's where we learned most of this stuff, the Jules Miller film strips, and they were the old record player, and you don't even know what records are, I'm sorry. They And it binged every time you were supposed to change the picture on the film strip. Okay? And that's how we learned this. We studied those repeatedly. Uh, every few years, we'd go through them on a Wednesday night class or something. Everybody pretty much had this stuff drilled into them. Sunday school, we drilled this into kids. Uh, before church sometimes, we had uh, kids' classes or something like that down front, a few packers or something. This is the kind of stuff we went over. How many books in the Old Testament? How many books in the New Testament? Uh, we used to know a lot about this, now, whether knowing those facts, Made us better Christians or not. I, I wouldn't argue that point, but we used to know a lot of stuff. And I doubt if we know as much uh, today. So I assume we're going to have to spend a little time on front page since I didn't get everybody's hand up. And we would we'll just brush over some of it. And do you have to know this to go to heaven? No, but we're talking about answering people's questions. We're talking about knowing the basics of. Of the Bible, so that when the guy at coffee break or the, the guy in study hall behind us, beside us or whatever asks us one of these basic questions, we can give him a little background. We can answer the question rightly. Uh, how many? <clears throat> once again, I know you hate to raise your hand, but I, I really would be serious about this one. How many of you know all sixty-six books of the Bible? I can say them? About half of you, it looks like. I uh, can't count too well because nobody gets them up above their shoulders. But <laughs> <laughs> But all 66 of them, uh, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Do you have to know that? No. But it makes life easier. Yeah, If you know that, you know kind of where they are in the Bible. And you can go to them and you at least know whether they're in the old or the new. I think that ought to be a prerequisite. Uh, Whether you uh, learn them so well that you can recite them frontwards and backwards, uh, I don't care. But you ought to kind of know where they are. And especially, you ought to know what kind of book they are. That's why I put these divided into groups here. How many let me ask another hand raising question? How many of you know what this means? Five, twelve, five, five, twelve. A few old timers that used to learn something. Five, (laughs) twelve, five, 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 twelve. That's the books in the old testament. There's five books of law, twelve books of history, five books of poetry, five books of major prophets, and twelve books of minor prophets. You never forget that once you learn five, twelve, five, five, twelve, you can go right through them and tell people there's five books of law. Why is that important? It's not the most important thing in the world, but if somebody picks up, open up the Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, and says, "Look at this. Do we have to do this today?" Well, no. First of all, it's in the Old Testament. We don't live under the Old Testament. Second, of all it's that's a book of poetry. That doesn't mean it's God's word guaranteed on everything. It's a poetic thing that some of the old writers wrote about principles of God. And so, when David says you, or Solomon says this, or it's a book of poetry. There's some things in Ecclesiastes that are hard to explain. If you don't know what kind of book you're in. It's a poetic, figurative book in many ways. Okay, so 512, 5512 reminds you what kind of book you're in. The history books give us the history of Israel. The prophets are the books the prophets wrote about certain things. Major and minor. You know why some are called major and some are called minor? Minor. Because they're longer. That's all there is to it. Uh, the long ones are major books. The minor ones are smaller books. Doesn't seem fair to poor old Habakkuk, but he had other problems. Um, anyhow, 512 by 512, remember that. And then the New Testament, knowing what kind of book you're in is helpful. Knowing whether you're in a gospel telling the biography of Jesus. Uh, just that. Knowing that there are four uh, very similar stories of Jesus' life is important to know. You can explain that to people. Uh, Just reminded me, I had a call the other day from a, a guy, I think he lived in Arkansas, if I can remember right. But anyhow, he called Know Your Bible for some reason, and he started asking me questions And he had me so befuddled that I had no idea how to answer him. And it finally hit me after about ten minutes. And he was asking me things like, he said, "Uh, well, John so-and-so says that uh, they took the child to Egypt. But Luke so-and-so says... That the child was already, Jesus was already in Egypt. And he just kept asking me, and I'd say, hold on, I've got to think about that. And he'd asked me another one. And I think he had just gone through and written all these down that were just odd. I kept thinking, no, that's the same story. What are you talking about? And finally, after about ten minutes, it hit me. He had to be reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as one long story. That's the only answer. So I started trying to explain that to him. I said, do you know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the same story, repeated four times? And he says, yeah, but it says in Mark so-and-so, and then Matthew, it says this. How can that be? So we'd go back to his original problem. I don't know if I ever got him convinced or not. But, in fact, I finally said I'll write you a letter and I tried to explain it better to him in that. But that had to be what he was doing. Now, I'd never found that in all my years, but that's the way he was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Is he'd find something in the start of Mark that was different at the end of Matthew and he couldn't put it together. But it was two similar stories. Some of you are looking at me like, you didn't know of four similar stories. Good news. Uh, <laughs> I and mean, just knowing that to explain to people is very helpful. Yeah, there's four guys that wrote the same story, basically. Three of them wrote it almost exactly the same sequence and all that. We, those are the synoptic Gospels. They kind of go together, and then John wrote one that's quite a bit different from a different uh, aspect. So that's why I put these on here, just so you know some of that basic stuff, and it'll help you answer uh, questions to basic Bible questions. Uh, the Old Testament history part, in the middle, if, if I'd have been out there when I asked, how many of you know everything on the front page, I couldn't have raised my hand. That Old Testament history, I don't really have that... Locked in very well. I mean, I kind of know the general flow, but you start throwing names at me and ask me which one came before the other one, and I'm not sure I could get them all. Uh, knowing the the flow of Old Testament history is something that I I've never specialized in, I guess. But this little chart, which happened to come out of our first uh, BCC lesson, by the way, is pretty handy. It gives you the main characters that you find in the Old Testament. It gives you their main children and what direction they went. Uh tells about the general flow through the mosaical area there, the nation of Israel, and the splitting of the tribes and all that. So once again, you don't have to know that for everything in the world, but to know it in the basic helps you answer questions, help you understand where you are in the Bible. And New Testament history uh, similarly, knowing what kind of book you're in and whether you're reading a letter to a specific church or Jesus talking to the Pharisees or what's going on helps you understand it. Okay, let's spend just a little bit of time before we quit over there on the the ages, I call them, or dispensations, Jules Jules Miller used to call them, three ages or three dispensations. A patriarchal, mosaical, Christian. And since the least of you said you understood those or knew about them, let's spend a little time on them. It's how God deals with man. And knowing what age we're in is a huge help. Now, especially if you understand all three of them. Uh, God has changed the way he dealt with, deals with man. And if you don't know that... Then you start finding things in the Old Testament or a statement here or a prophecy here, and you think that applies to you. Well, you've got to know the difference. Uh, I mean, And everybody knows it to a basic sense, and that's what I would use to talk to somebody. If they say, well, look here, this uh, guy named uh, Isaiah says this. Does that mean that I've got to do this or that Jesus is coming back this time or whatever? Remind them that no. you got to know what testament you're in and you've got to understand what age you're in. For instance, you know that where it says, go build an ark, so many cubits long, you know you don't have to do that, right? And I say, well, of course, I know I don't have to do that. Well, that's similar. That was written to Noah. Back at a specific time, and that was what he was supposed to do. Well, when Isaiah wrote this, he wrote it to a specific people at a specific time. And that was what they were supposed to do. He didn't write it to you and me. Okay? Just a little simple example like that helps them understand. Okay? Now, the patriarchal age was when God dealt with patriarchs, the head of the family. And we know very little about that time period. There's not much in the Bible about it. But that's how God did it. He dealt with Adam. And then, like when Abraham came along, he talked to Abraham as the head of the the family. And when the head of the family changed, he talked to the new head of the family. He didn't talk to everybody. He didn't even have anything written down at this point. If he wanted Abraham to leave where he was, he talked to him. He said, Abraham, I want to leave you to leave the land where you are, go to another land. Yeah. So that's how he dealt with people. Uh, bear in mind, during this time, it was a pretty tribal civilization, if you will. There weren't big cities everywhere. There were lots of nomadic tribes, and they lived around a certain area. Uh, They were pretty primitive. And so that's how God dealt with them. Then Moses came along, and we call that the the dividing line, where the, the Mosaical Age started. And the difference between those is that now God... He could still talk to whoever he wanted to, of course. But he wrote the law down. He called Moses up on Mount Sinai, and he said, I'm going to give you the rules. I'm going to give you the law. And he gave him the Ten Commandments, plus a whole lot of rules and regulations about everything in their life. Moral codes, legal codes, health codes, diet codes. He covered everything. It was a theocracy. God was the head of everything. So he made regulations for everything. And he had Moses write it down. He wrote the Ten Commandments down. Then he had Moses write everything else down that he told him. And during this period, if he wanted to tell somebody something... He spoke through either prophets, or for a little while, he spoke through judges. Now, bear in mind who he was dealing with here, at the start especially, was a people that had been in captivity for 400 years under a very polytheistic society. They thought there were hundreds of gods. So when he brought them out of Egypt, that's what he had to start teaching them. And that's what he gave them the written law for. That's why the first commandment is, you don't have any other gods. I'm God. And then all the others, he brought them along and taught them with the the laws uh, and spoke through judges and prophets. Now, I think now's a good time to go over to Hebrews 1. If you got Hebrews in your New Testament, toward the end... Right before James, right after Philemon, you go to Hebrews 1, listen to what the writer of Hebrews says, and what he's going to do in this whole book is explain the difference between the ages, the difference between the testaments, the difference between the covenants, however you want to say it. And he starts out, he says, in the past... God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. He's talking about the patriarchal mosaic age. He said, God talked to us through the prophets in any way he wanted to. But in these days, these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. So he says he's talked to us through his Son, and then he talks spends the rest of the chapter talking about how glorious Jesus is and higher than the angels and all of that. Now, look at chapter 2. He says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. Anytime you see a therefore, you go back and see what he's talking about. What he's talking about is God used to speak... Through the prophets, through the old law, through Moses, through the patriarchs, all that. But now he's spoken through Jesus. And that means we better pay more careful attention so we don't drift away because, listen, verse 2, the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received, it's just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. See what he's saying? The patriarchal age, mosaical age, God spoke to people through the prophets and other ways. And when they disobeyed, they got a big punishment. But what we're under is so much better because Jesus, who's higher than the angels, gave it to us. He spoke it to us. And we've had it confirmed. The people that heard him personally confirmed it to us. And God confirmed it with miracles and signs. He's saying we're in a different time now and we better pay attention. He's in the Christian age is when the writer of Hebrews is writing this. And in that age, in the age we're in, God spoke through Jesus and his words were written down by those who heard him and confirmed it. And that's what the writer of Hebrews says we pay attention to now. Now, let's assume, let's drop back, assume we're talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about the difference between the Testaments does not know anything about dispensations and all that. Can you see how, if you could get them to learn a little bit about this, it would be handy? So anytime they they bring up an Old Testament verse they've heard or something about, uh, yeah, but the Bible says you can't eat catfish. Well, yeah, part of the Bible, but in the past, God spoke to us. Through prophets. Now, he speaks through Jesus. Jesus didn't say that. We don't even have to spend any more time discussing it. We have to listen to what Jesus said. We have to listen to what's in the new covenant, the new testament, the, the new Christian age is what's important to us. Okay? Now, let me just finish that out so we can start with page two next time. I didn't know how to highlight it or make it look a little different, but there's a little time in there, a few years, uh, when it's a little bit confusing in some ways because of the way our Bible's laid out, and we get this question sometimes, is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Well, they say, well, that's a goofy question. Anybody can read can figure that out. You know, Right here it says the New Testament. Next page, Matthew. So they're in the New Testament. But they really aren't. They're under the timeline, under my arrow picture here. They're actually in the old time. Jesus lived during the Mosaical Age. He, he lived in sort of both worlds. He followed the Mosaical Laws because that's when he lived. But what he talked about all the time was the new age that was coming. He talked about how it was going to be, how it was going to be different in the new age. But he followed, he lived under the Mosaical Age. So there's that little 30-year period in there when you got to know what you mean by what testament is it in. Well, in the division of the Bible, you find them in the New Testament, uh, but if you had a timeline of what law they were following. That Jesus lived under the Mosaic law. Talked about the Christian age. All right. Um, next week or next time we're together we'll talk about testament and what testament means. The differences between the testaments. Purpose of the testaments. Once we learn all this a whole lot of questions get really really easy. Thanks for your attention and uh, we'll kind of get back together and Two weeks, I'll be gone next week. If you're here this evening and need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we'd be happy to help you with that any way we could. If you have any other needs of this family? Why don't you come? Let's stand and sing. Come to the front.